Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast, still in quarantine and still coming to you with the sweet jiu-jitsu content that you need to survive. I am, of course, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, below me this time. And we have two very special guests for today's episode. Uh, one, Grappling Industries president, uh, uh, famed jiu-jitsu practitioner, Dave Aguzzi, and the colorful fellow writer of the Jiu-Jitsu Times, uh, multiple-time fight-to-win championship uh, champion, brown belt, very colorful dude, Emil Fisher. Thank you both for joining us today. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, stuck in quarantine for 11 days, but uh, it's, it could be it could be worse, I imagine. I mean, where 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 are you stationed out of? Where are you living at right now? I live in Montreal, like downtown oh, Montreal. Montreal, like in the plateau area. So like the hipster region of uh, Montreal, I would imagine. First of all, Montreal is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. I it love really, that city. It's it, amazing. It, it really is actually. Like when considering where to live in the world, I've yeah. thought of many places, but uh, I don't really want to leave home. Actually. I went to Montreal one time when um, it was a GSP fought Nick Diaz. I think it was. And, oh, and it was at the, the other Canadian center for yeah. my buddy's uh, bachelor party. And I just remember thinking to myself, I never saw an ugly person. Like every person, every, every person you saw was just absolutely beautiful. It kind of led my mind to go to like dark places. Like they kind of like round everybody up every six months. And like, if you don't make the cut, they make you move to Toronto or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, people say that people say we have the most beautiful women in the world for some reason. Did you oh, ever wow. hear, did you ever hear that any, any of the, uh, the theories behind that, that had something to do with the furriers from Paris <laughs> that, that they now from the, the theory that I heard was this. And you can correct me for I know we're gonna love base, but I just love to talk about Montreal. So I'm like, we'll kill for a second. And <laughs> what, just, it's better than talking about the, the doom and gloom that's going on right now. Why not? Let's talk about Montreal. So I heard that Montreal was a big furrier city for France. It, it was, yes. It you know, being a furrier in those conditions in Montreal in that time back in you know the eighteen hundreds or whatever was was horrible, horrible life. So, but you know, the Parisians were their first. So what the French did is they they rounded up the most beautiful um, prostitutes they could find, and they sent them to go out to uh, to to live in Montreal to to be around, um, you know to keep the furriers happier, and that's the theory of why the women and all the people in Montreal are so beautiful because it stems from it's, that. It's actually really close to the yeah. his, history wow. of Montreal. Yeah, right. Like we we had fur traders, and then basically right. uh, to populate the. The population over here in New France, which it was called at the time Nouveau France, um, we sent over what was called like the 100 King's Daughters, which were actually like really attractive women, uh, possibly could have been prostitutes, who knows now. <laughs> and uh, they came to populate the city uh, or the, the, the colony at the time. So, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of close. Your, your <laughs> version is probably a little more PC. We, they, 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 the Kev, King's Kev, you got to gotta shave the beard more often. That know, was right? like, you struck gold. Like, <laughs> I didn't know where that was going, but you struck gold. <laughs> That just dropped out of the sky. <laughs> See, we know. We can relate. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Emil, I know uh, you and Dave have known each other a long time and that uh, you might have had some questions for him regarding, you know, current state of affairs and all such things relating to the now not so thriving world of uh, professional grappling. So <laughs> I'll see, see the floor to you, bud. What's up, Dave? What's up, Emil? So you reached out to me. You were saying they got some stuff coming up. You want to talk to us about? 
What's going on, buddy? Well, now there's not very much going on now, is there? You should have had me on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I mean, doing nothing, man. Emil, you can't <laughs> sit on this, man. <laughs> well, I've been in my room like watching old grappling videos for the last two weeks. <laughs> that's about all that's been going well, on. Not as much has been going on now. I mean, uh, even today, I canceled more shows. I mean, every day feels like a, a cancellation of events or post. How far out currently now are you are you canceled in advance? Right now, like our next batch of events is May twenty third, but that's mm-hmm. not very safe either. I yeah. mean, like I'm I'm being realistic about it. We haven't canceled the May twenty third events yet because one of them is a collaboration deal with an expo. Right. Right. So I have to cancel that kind of collaboration first before I can cancel that event, which allows me to cancel the other two events on that weekend. And then from that point, I'll probably get rid of the entire part of May. Um, and then and then I'll start looking at June. The problem with June, again, is that we have our worlds planned in there. Right. Um, so we were expecting a couple of thousand people to drop. I was Dallas I was going to go. I was going to. It was in, yeah. it's in Dallas. Right. I was going to go out and compete. Yeah. That year. Um, and a lot of people bought plane tickets. So there's yeah. a little bit of extra like if we cancel it, then a lot of people get fucked over on the plane tickets. They have to rebook them and stuff like that. Um, so that's the problem I'm facing right now is that there's a couple of collaboration deals in the process in May and in June that I have to get rid of before I actually delete those events. It's a shame, man. And the problem with that is that those expos still believe that their events are going to happen. Right. I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but they are believe. You, are that, you responsible for deposits and, and whatnot? On, no, on, on uh, they, they cover they cover a lot of that stuff, um, right. the expo collaborations. Uh, we had a big collaboration in Geneva that was supposed to be April 5th. Um, like the, the city was giving us in Geneva, they were giving us the venue and then like, kind of like the sheriff, lieutenant department of the police were giving us the medics and a couple of sponsors. And this was going to be our first Swiss event and it was going to go like, it was drawing pretty well, but again, like the cancellations kind of forced that collaboration out and then the government shut down and the venue was like, you can still have the event if you want, but everyone in the crowd has to sit down one right. meter apart from each other. And right. I mean... <laughs> That's not going to work. I'm surprised <laughs> they would even give you a go-ahead to have the event. With, yeah, with I mean, that, was, that was two weeks ago. I mean, it's probably yeah. not available anymore. We are you are you concerned with the fact that even if we get to a point fairly quickly where the world can resume in somewhat of a normal fashion, like people can go back to work, people can go back to uh, to doing normal things, that they'll get to a point where they're like, Wow, I don't think we're going to be able to. You know, this is great, but we can't really have an event where we have five, six hundred people coming to a to a place. So we can't really do these big events anymore because the the fear of social distancing will still be in place. Um, I've actually I've actually priced that into our model. To be honest, um, the first thing I'm thinking about is that first people will get to go back to work. That'll happen eventually, but it doesn't mean that jujitsu gyms will get to start off right away. Right. When people get to go to work, it doesn't mean the jiu-jitsu gyms will open, which right. means I don't get to have a tournament yet. Once the jiu-jitsu gyms open, then it still doesn't mean I get to have a tournament yet. Um, I believe that once the jiu-jitsu gyms open, then four to five weeks after that, I get to start having tournaments. Right. Um, because let's say Trump in the States was like on Monday, everyone can go back to work. The gyms are not going to open on Monday. Um, realistically, it's not going to happen. So – and people are not going to compete in my tournament and spend money on it if they haven't trained for it. 
So there's those two things that have to be taken into consideration first, that gyms have to get back to normal. And then a couple of weeks later, once people have been training enough and people's income is actually there, because if they don't have the money, they're not going to compete either. They're going to focus on just doing jujitsu instead of right. competing as well. Right. Um, so I think after all the gyms open, it'll still be four or five weeks before grappling industries gets to have. Yeah, gym. man, the uh, the butterfly effect of, of all of this lack of activity is going to really start to, to, to billow out here in the very near future the very not so distant future well i mean I'm, I'm highly invested in the stock market as well um for the past two years so i i've been paying attention to the stock market because every day on the futures they've been giving a, a different headline clearly like today was the stimulus package tomorrow is going to be the unemployment numbers right. um and i think like it still has a long way to go down right um yeah i just don't feel like this is a whole two-week thing like they made it out to be at, at the beginning at right. the beginning, it was like, oh, all we have to do is everyone has to stay in for two weeks. And I think like this says a lot about jujitsu gyms right now as well, because a lot of jujitsu gyms were saying, if we have to close down for two weeks, we're going to have trouble reopening. But that is the best case scenario, the whole two weeks. thing. Right. The two weeks thing is not realistic. So it's most likely going to be a month to two months, let's say. You could already see the the criticism of Donald Trump saying April 12th, Easter, Easter weekend, we're going to reopen the society or the economy. It's most likely not going to happen. People have already criticized that. No, I'm, so, I'm going with two months as, as a, as a yeah, as two optimistic months. outlook, hopefully. Probably two months. That's It looks like what the, that's what China and Italy are going to take to... But, but what world do we return to in two months is the, is the question. I mean, it's not like we're going to be like, oh, cool, everything's cool again. Sweet, well, we just took two months off. Let's go right back into doing what we do every day. Like People are going to be broke. People are going to well, be creeped out. So there's a lot of different things there too. Like uh, my, my fiance was pointing out during the recessions like uh, 9-11, 2001, 2018, uh, 2008, and even March, April of 2018, like different types of recessions that I lived, I got to live through. Um, afterwards, people did jump into entertainment. Like people did leave their houses and go and spend money on entertainment. Vegas was booming, um, especially right now. If everyone's like cooped up inside their houses and you see the number of people commenting online about how they can't wait to get to jujitsu, clearly once the jujitsu gyms open, I think people will rush to the jujitsu gyms. I just don't think personally as many jujitsu gyms will open as before because I believe like one in five or even potentially like one in four right. could could be closed down potentially the, because they, the, the ones that are the ones that were a little more financially savvy and have money set aside or can and can or can exist you know for a longer period of time well just to, to pivot off of that you're also seeing a lot of gyms asking some of their their patrons to not cancel membership and to sort of like ride out the storm as a sort sort of investment in having a space to train you know if you like that gym enough you will continue to train like keep paying there uh, even if it's not open you see that a lot those claims though by those gyms were being made before the rest of the non-essential economy was shut down though yeah. So at the beginning, yeah. they were like, support the gym if you can, don't right. freeze it, don't pause it, pay if you can, or else there won't be a gym later. But then once the bars and the restaurants went down, and then once the barbers and the hair salons went down, and then right. everybody else went down, um, there's still a lot of people working. Don't get me wrong. Like there's still like Emil was saying that he's he's working at home right now. Um, I'm not working. Yeah. So Yeah. So I mean, there's clearly a lot of people working, but it's just that there's a lot of people not working. And and those types of people are typically also the ones that are are packing up the bases of the jujitsu gyms. Right. And and jujitsu is 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 
definitely a luxury. You know, anytime you're doing something uh, exercising, as much as you want to say it's essential, it's, it's it's we might believe it's essential, but it's definitely a luxury item. And when you're starting to cut corners and you're thinking about ways to continue to pay the bills without income coming in, like one of the first things that's going to go is unfortunately I love my gym, but I have to cut this corner so I can keep living. I yeah, a lot of people, afford. a lot of people are in that situation where they might yeah. love the gym, but uh, their wife at the same time is like, "Do you really have to spend money on that, even if you're not using it right now?" <laughs> That's the truth. It's one hundred percent the truth. Yeah, I mean, you can make up everything you want about it, but like uh, spousal agreements, they're they're something important. Emil, what do you think about some of these things, man? I know you've got some. Uh, I know you've got some opinions, and you've got some uh, some directions you, you think this can go. And what what are some of your opinions on shutting down like we're doing? I mean, I don't know enough about this flattening the curve concept to speak intelligently about it, you know, on record. Right. Uh, I have my thoughts this, on this. This isn't on record, by the way. So there's there's not going to be that many people seeing this. Don't worry about it. Hey, Kev. Come uh, on. Uh, I'm going to blow this baby. I think regardless of whether or not it works – we're all fucked. Yeah. That's just what it comes like. That, yeah, bottom line. It's, it's whether or un- not this flattening of the curve works out and whether or not we're able to slow the spread and mitigate death and all that good stuff, reduce the number of people that die from this illness, whether or not that, that happens. I think that the economy has been inextricably harmed already. And yeah. every day that goes by, it gets worse and worse. If things are shut down. It's going to get worse. But and, and I think that's just a fact. I think that I, we're, whether you know, I I agree with you on that. I agree with you that like yes, we need to get the economy going again. But I I also think that we're not really understanding what's going to happen here in the near future. And I pray and hope that what hap- what's happening in Spain and what's happening in in Italy don't come to the to the states. And we did enough to beat it in time, but. Just the way the numbers are looking, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the thing that's going to happen. And as infrastructure starts to fall, it's it's really going to get pretty bad. Well, you, t- you talked about infrastructure about falling. We're also potentially going to see a change in the guard in the highest levels of of American government soon. Right. You know, we're yeah. we're coming up on a, an election season. Uh, a lot of like heated arguments happening in the public forum. We might have a new boss. All of us <laughs> might have a new boss, which we, is we could have a civil war before that. But I don't even. I don't know, that. man. It's, it's, it's very, it's very intense. Let's keep, uh, let's keep it to, let's keep it to commonalities and not, yeah. not political. As far as jujitsu goes, as far as jujitsu goes, exactly. I think that I think that one thing I'm seeing is I'm seeing some interesting adaptation happen. I'm seeing a lot of jujitsu instructors now finding ways to teach remotely. I'm seeing a greater emphasis, obviously, on solo drilling. I think one thing I don't see enough of, I don't see enough beginner content. So, like, teach your spouse jujitsu. Right. Yeah. I don't see enough of that. I don't see enough. Like, how do you teach somebody that's never done jujitsu before, is not athletically inclined towards jujitsu? How do you teach them an armbar? Right. I'm trying to figure that out myself and I'm going to be doing some videos on that. But regardless, I feel like that's going to be somewhere where we can see a lot of content. I feel like maybe Gracie combatives is going to make a comeback, you know, or, or have a, have a, that's a, that's a pretty interesting point too. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't think that as a black belt or even as a purple belt or even as a higher level belt that I would care to sit down and watch 
a half an hour uh, technique breakdown and not be able to roll. Like I'd do it because hey, whatever, it's pretty cool. But like, I'm not really going to be too killer about it. Like I'm also never going to quit doing jujitsu, so you don't have to worry about losing my interest. The point being is, is that the people that are interested in that are like your blue belts and your white belts because I can remember being a blue belt and a white belt just sitting there like in awe of the glory of watching some person do this on bar and think about what an amazing thing it was. But like now I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Right, but, how, roll, but, you know? but Kevin, are you confident that you could teach somebody that you live with how to do that arm bar? Oh yeah. One on one. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could, it's a question of being able to, I mean, it's a question of I mean, being dude, able to dude, do it. Dude, like I, I, no, I mean, good. I do it all day long. I, I mean, good. I teach, I teach private lessons to, to people that have never done jujitsu before in their lives all day long. Like I, that's all I do. I mean, I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy taking someone that knows nothing. It takes time. You should and make some videos then bro, because I'm telling you that yeah. that's the market right now. Like a yeah. lot of people are now trying to figure out how to teach somebody else that doesn't do jujitsu one-on-one, how to right. teach them yeah. step-by-step how to do these that's down the line. I, I, I mean, I, I hope, you know, I'm praying that eventually whatever happens, we're going to get to a point to where we go we back month, to fucking man. our we world. You know? We can create, we can create our training partners right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I understand it. I just, I hope like, that, that's uh, a good thing. Yeah. I, I think that's that one of the do you, positives. Like think, think do, about it. If I, if I live with somebody and they don't do jujitsu, and I haven't been able to convince them up through brown belt to do jujitsu. Now might be the time. Now might be when I get them. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. I, I get that... lucky. I live with a black belt, so I'm gonna. Be uh, sorry, Dave. I was just saying. Do you think that after the quarantine, Emil, that people or gym owners will continue to put out as much video content as they are now, or do you think that it'll slow down with teaching the classes now? Because what I was thinking is that all these gym owners putting out all this video content once or twice a day, this is something they could have done the entire time. Like they, they didn't have to start a week or two weeks ago. They should have been doing this yeah. a while ago. That video content is largely unnecessary if you're attending class. Yeah. Right. Now that being said, having a companion, having like, you know, it's easy enough to record a class that you teach and put it on the internet. I think like Josh does it a lot. Leduc, he does that quite yeah. a bit where he records his classes and he puts them up on Rockfin. Uh, I do that sometimes as well on my rock fin. Um, I've seen other instructors do it. it it's not an sorry, uncommon sorry, thing. It just now it's the only way to deliver that information. Well, to 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 everyone's point, you didn't even see uh, people initially weren't creating new stuff. What you saw in the beginning was people like Henzo oh. dropping the paywall on existing content, like he made his online academy free. In fact, the first guy to to make specific content was uh i think donaher released a home uh so a home training D- like a home movement drilling solo dvd on bjj fanatics yeah. but initially a lot of people were just saying here's the stuff that's already online that we make and now it's for free or di- or heavily you know, discounted or heavily discounted like bjj fanatics did like a 40 something percent discount on all of their dvds oh, okay. online yeah, and the, the need the need for it is there. I think what a lot and I, I had we had Matt Arroyo on. Uh, Matt Arroyo owns my gym, uh, Gracie Tampa South, and he um, we were all he was on my other podcast this morning. We were talking about some things that he's doing to help uh, to help people and keep interested to put content out there. And I think the biggest reason why gyms are doing it and gyms need to do it and have to do it at this point is to just show that they still care about these guys. To say, hey, look, man, I know you can't come to the gym and you can't keep classes, but I want you to see that I'm working. This isn't ideal. This isn't the perfect situation, but I'm doing everything I can so that someone normal see it, like Cisco 
on Tuesday night when you're supposed to be in a geek class, you can go online and watch this group thing we're doing and sit back and do some technique and be a part of the community somewhat you were a part of when you – because he has it interactively. He has it as a – this uh, program called Zoom, where it's a, an online chat room, so you're watching the big box and then around yeah, Zoom to meeting, right? So all the people are in the, in the class. You can see all this, their faces and write them a little message and shit like that, you know. So it's kind of cool, and it's just showing these people that hey, look, man, I know you're still paying, and I know you. We all want to do jujitsu when this gets done with me. If you quit paying me, we're not going to be able to do jujitsu anymore. So if you continue, look, I'm going to put this content out. So so I'm doing something to work for it, you know, and maybe they'll appreciate it. I do Hell, maybe they'll feel guilty about it. I do think there there might be something to, in these sorts of situations, a buddy system. And this might be irresponsible. This might not be the smartest thing to do. But like one thing I, I've been doing a little bit is I have a training partner, one person. I go train with him. That's the only person I'm training with. It's one extra person I'm exposing. I'm, I'm being exposed to, but statistically, that's probably an, it's not going to make a blip on the uh, right. on that flattening the curve thing. I don't oh, know. You have to stay at home. Stay <laughs> home. Stay <laughs> home. Now we've got you on tape. <laughs> I mean, that was live, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, I think that in these sorts of situations, what you know, during these sorts of, because I'm assuming it's going to happen again at some point in our lifetimes. And once something's happened once, it, it happens again. Yeah. I just, I think that there's, you can go train with one person, in my opinion. That might be irresponsible. That might be dumb, but I mean, I, so, uh, to, to that point, some of the some of my old uh, gym owner friends have talked to me about potentially opening up really small, isolated group classes where it's like a, limited to like four people and the instructor. And so, like, you come in at different times and opening the gym up and seeing if that would be allowed. But I there's really you can only minimize risk so much, you know, before we're going to start doing jujitsu. There's no, you're not going to stop motherfuckers from doing jujitsu. They'll figure out a way. <laughs> four people, four people. I think that's a bit more. I think four is about, I think four is about the tops. You probably shouldn't have more than that. Yeah. That's that. That's kind of what they came to. What I saw, I, I think some, I think Avery wrote an article and put it up. I know Kimberly Kane did. I think it wasn't put an article on the jujitsu times the other day that, that, that cautioned against, um, doing private lessons because it says it, it defeats the purpose of social distancing because you're intermingling two different households. And that's, that's, that's what I read. The article was written by a medical professional that is also owns a jujitsu school. And it's a pretty good article. And I didn't read too much. Yeah. I just, I think, okay. So here, here's my understanding of it. Again, I'm not, I don't know much about this, but like from reading about it, Here's what I, I understand. The idea is if I'm encountering, let's say, 10 people in a day, those 10 people are potentially susceptible to catching whatever I've got. Because the reality yeah, like, is we don't know how this thing spreads. They're saying airborne. If it's airborne, it doesn't make a difference if we're rolling or having a conversation in person. Right. It is airborne, by the way. It's 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 found, on the, it's found on <laughs> it's found on it's found on the the air particles. It's not aerosol, and I don't really know what the difference between aerosol and airborne is, but there's there's apparently aerosols worse than airborne, but that's the majority of people catch it. So I, you know, I I have my limited circle of people that I'm I'm in touch with or that I'm physically like in contact with throughout the day that I actually interact with in the same airspace, right? So I got at this point 
two coworkers, my wife, and then every couple of days, my training partner. That's what, four people? I mean, yeah. they're saying 10 people, groups of 10 people. I mean, I'm but not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, that. But it I think, extrapolates out. I think just because you got four, but who are like, are they only dealing with four each? You know, but, like, I, but I'm telling you, I have a feeling that down the road, what's coming is from from what my buddy in Spain tells me that they are on your ass. I mean, this is Spain also too, but and he lives in Madrid, which is a more metropolitan city, so they're up your ass all over the place. There's nothing but streets mm-hmm. and avenues, but um. He says that you can go outside to the store, you can go outside to walk your dog, but if you leave your house, you have to show your freaking your your lease agreement that you where you like that you, you live there. This is your address, and you have to be like freaking like you have to go to the store and come right back again. It'll fuck with you. So that's just what I heard, and that's what I think is coming to the states pretty soon. That's the Did, way it's like here in Montreal now. As of yesterday, it's it, yeah. you're either going to the grocery store, or you're going to the pharmacy, you're walking your dog, or why the fuck are you out? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we have like uh, more and more police on the road now, and I mean that that seems like it the way it is in most locked down European countries. Um, and it's gonna go city by city. Like I don't know about the states, like if it it can be na- nationalized. We've like been doing that, it. We, I don't. It, we've been it, doing it, it on a state by state right. basis. Yeah, it's mostly state by state, but it's not. It's never going to work if we go state by state in the U.S. You know, no, I think be, it has to be nationalized. Yeah, it's. I think that who knows what's going on, Dave. I don't want to get. I mean, we we like, <laughs> ideally that there's a lot of jokes <laughs> about like the national guard on the streets, but that's really that's the way it would yeah, happen. It's yeah. already they're already deployed in 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 New York City and in um in California. I think it's funny because I'm I I live on a barrier island off the coast of New Jersey, and uh, a lot of people have have been saying they they might uh, close the bridge and it'll oh, just geez. go full escape from New York. Oh, and uh, I have an eye patch for <laughs> if it happens. You grow put, my hair out, yeah. eye patch, the, just be snake plissken. What the, what the hell's his name? Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt yeah, Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Do it. Do it. No, that's the that's Those the plan. I'll have two functioning eyes, but no one will know. They'll and I'll 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 have a really cool nickname. You know that you know that's gonna fuck with your depth perception, right? Exactly. Oh yeah, but like I'll look so badass though. Like it's you 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 pick and choose your battles. Does you know anyone what I mean? know what the actual function of an eye patch is? Just so we can completely blow the topic and get just to, to hide crazy. to hide your eye lack it of was, eye. <laughs> Emil, Emil, any anybody, any takers? So it was designed. That's why you always see pirates wearing eye patches. It's not because they oh, poke their the eyeballs. When, when you go below deck, when you go below deck into the dark. The, yeah. the dark, uh, the oh, dark they did a Mythbusters about yeah, that. Did, did they do a Mythbusters about that? They did, did, did do it, one. Yeah, defunct. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I turned it off because I didn't want to know the answer. <laughs> right. you, can, you can keep the you see, your eyes. Don't want it to be true. I wanted it to be true, too. <laughs> yeah. We, Dave, we here in the States love to shy yeah. away from reality. Yeah, we, yeah, uh... exactly. yeah, no, 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 let's not talk about the ensuing deal. Let's talk about that iPad <laughs> thing. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, talk, talk to us. What's, 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 uh, what's down the pike for Grappling Industries, assuming this all resolves itself? In the not too distant future, if it resolves itself not in the too distant future, then uh, I would imagine that we're still going to continue to try to grow. I mean, I, I plan to keep growing the moment we get back out there. Like uh, already, we were about to add like five or six more countries right before everything got canceled. I had those posters in the pipeline. 
and uh, they kind of like got thrown out now with a lot of other stuff that we have. <laughs> what? You can keep the posters. Just I change the dates. The yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think the Swedish would actually like uh, respect the fact me putting on a Swedish poster right now. <laughs> um, but right now, it's like we don't really have anything in the pipe. Uh, like, like I was saying before, you can't really launch anything right now. And if you do post anything poster related or send out any... Like yesterday, like one of our scheduled emails like slipped through, like it didn't get deleted. Um, and the response we got to it was like, are you guys fucking idiots? <laughs> you know, um, stuff like that. You know, I, the poster went out to Washington state of all places. So, oh, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, I saw a couple, I saw a couple of advertisements for like jiu-jitsu tournaments. I was like, you out of your mind now? That's, that's yeah. that ain't happening, bubble. Um, even I knew even, a lot of people were upset at you for the Arnold's. Yeah, I'll get, to, I'll get to the Arnold's in a second. But like two days ago, like we were trying to sell lifetime passes because right now the the only sales avenue we have right now is lifetime passes. And someone called me a selfish bastard for trying to sell lifetime passes because we were selling them something that might not exist in six months when people really need their money for food. And I wow. thought that was like really intense, you know. Like, <laughs> wow. like I'm trying to sell a good for income. Right, and right. You're calling exactly. me a selfish bastard. I, I'm not begging you for something. I'm I'm selling something. I okay? tell you, man. I sold. Yeah, I did the same thing. I sold. I sold a bunch of private lessons to some clients. Some some clients, and, and I gave them some good rates for some client private lessons coming up in the future. And like, I'm in my mind. I'm also thinking to myself, God, I hope that you guys get the Yeezys. But at the same time, I'm also but, like, that's why I'm selling them to you at discounted prices <laughs> because, hey, uh, you know. But that's the thing. Every business. Business right now needs to continue to make sales. Yes. I mean, it, we need yes. some type of uh, minimum number of sales right. to still cover things that are not going to disappear from the expense. This will not be the clutter. This will be a bad thing. This is going to be a very horrible time for us and our country and for the entire planet, not just our country. Um, but the good news is, is all of us are going to be in the same boat. You know, we're all going to be fucked. We're all going to have a horrible, horrible summer. The next three months are going to be horrible, unbearable. <laughs> but when we get through it, Life will have to go back on again. To, and, to know, be fair, it might be it might be, a, it might be a smidge more difficult for Kevin specifically because he lives in Florida and a lot of idiots are going to be spring breaking regardless. Like you were telling us last week, like it's just been a nightmare. Like we had day in. 30, 38 police officers come down with coronavirus. They're all quarantined right now. It's freaking this. Uh, they're like. When I saw that, when I saw that clip come up on the news, I was like, "Oh my god!" Starting to get real. I got friends. Hey, What's that? Do you see the voiceover version? The which one? Oh, I saw There's that one. A voiceover on that, that clip. Oh my god! <laughs> of, the beach? of the oh, beach. Of the beach. Oh no, no, I haven't seen that. I have to watch that. I'll send it to you. Oh, yeah, please, okay. do. please do. I mean, did everyone did, did everyone see that video of those guys getting interviewed? And it's like, look, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I can't let it ruin my spring break. That, that, that's the one with the voiceover, yeah. Oh. Yeah, dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I told Kevin this last week. Like, literally, I was moments because I was, I, I got, I have a concussion problems, and my head's kind of been fucking with me the last freaking uh, last, which may also, which makes this so much more fun. I'm dealing with that shit right now for the last couple of weeks. So, like, I'm a little, like, I'm always crazy. But I'm like a little the, – the tweakiness is like a little bit higher than normal. And when I'm telling you, when I saw those kids on the beach during spring break, the thought ran through my mind. I was like, all right, dude, this is it. This is the way you're going to go out. You're going to get a bat, and you're going to run out <laughs> to the beach, and you're just going to start start cracking skulls. And they'll eventually like – eventually just in sheer numbers, they'll overtake you. But you'll make enough of a point that everybody will have to go home. 
<laughs> They'll have to call in the. You'll 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 mow through the police, and they got to call in the national guard. I'll probably guard. get about fifteen or twenty of them, and eventually they'll 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 get they'll get me. But like they'll know they'll know like I was zombies. there. Like zombies, right? It's funny. Like, I got a good question. Yeah, no, you you go. It's, it's I got a good question for Dave. It's juicy related because this is this is interesting. I, I had to I had to answer the Arnold's question, but I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, no, I'll, no, I'll, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, man. We I don't even know what the hell happened. We start. To, I, I, I don't know what the Arnold's question was though. I uh, think, well, uh, Emil, you were asking like what happened. All I said was I heard you guys got a lot of internet hate about continue uh, still holding the Arnold's and. Yeah, that whole situation. That that was your last event, right? Like that no, was. That oh was no, not the last event. Actually, no, no, <laughs> not another one. <laughs> there was there was six more. <laughs> oh, <geez. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so the weekend the Arnold's happened, uh, I was actually in Amsterdam, uh, doing grappling industries Amsterdam, and then the week after there were five grappling industries. There was Adelaide, South Australia, Houston, Texas, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, New Hampshire, um, and then the biggest of them all. I was in London doing the London grappling industries, awesome, which, man. which I mean, London was blowing up with cases as that was happening. So, um, the question was about the Arnolds. Like, we received hate for it. Well, the first thing we have to address with the Arnolds is that, like, uh, our event was never shut down, right? Like, the trade show was shut down. So that's the first thing. Once the I'm trade show, so like. No, no, no. I, I, I know what you're saying. So the trade show was shut down. So a lot of people first didn't want to compete in the tournament because there was no trade show. And a lot of these competitors were saying the reason I registered for the Arnold's was because I also wanted to go to the trade show. Now, I, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't predict that. I, I mean, I thought you were coming to my tournament and your right. divisions both have 40 people. And I thought this right. was exactly what you would have wanted from a jiu-jitsu tournament. This was the biggest jiu-jitsu tournament ever to be held in Ohio, still after the pullouts right. that would come from this. So I thought, okay, for a jiu-jitsu competitor, this is your dream tournament if you're from Ohio. Um, so once once the trade expo got shut down, then it's like people started swarming. You know, people some people were like, oh, I don't want to go if there's no trade expo. And then we, we, we kind of became the messenger of the expo because the news was publishing stories at the same time that the expo wasn't talking about. So the news, the media were like, uh, there won't be any spectators allowed. And the Arnolds were telling us that we're allowed to have spectators. But then at first they're like, oh, you're not allowed to have spectators. So then we tell everyone you're not allowed to have spectators. Then, then there's a giant influx of questions. Oh, can my wife come? Oh, my kid is competing. Are you saying I can't be the guardian of my kid? Oh, how about coaches? And it's like, oh, what the fuck is all of this? You know, like, like this is a lot of questions, and we were, we're we were only given so much information as well. So we have to go back to the Arnold's. We have to ask them, hey, what's how about these answers to, to these questions? Then they give us a new list of answers. We bring those out. Okay, family members are allowed. Coaches are allowed. Uh, and then the next day, again, the governor of Ohio is like, no, 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 no. There's no spectators allowed at the Arnold's. You know, if the Arnold's do it, we're gonna reinforce what we said with the Arnold's that there was no spectators were going to use force if needed. And then the people started emailing us again. Oh, but you know, this is what the governor said, but you guys are saying differently. And I'm only telling you what the Arnold's is telling me. And I'm meanwhile in the Netherlands. So right. it really made it for a confusing, uh, confusing time at the end. Like from my understanding, it was really only three teams that pulled out of the Arnold's everyone else still competed. And some people didn't show up because, they didn't even tell us. So 
Um, by the end of like the 1100 people that signed up, I think 150 pulled out, um, maybe 30 from one gym, 25 from another gym, 20 from another gym, and then just miscellaneous competitors that were traveling from distances that didn't want to get tangled up with that. I think the moment like Governor DeWine came out and said, like, uh, we have this coronavirus scare that would be at the expo. He didn't really explain it that well. From my understanding, the trade expo was shut down because all those uh, displays, all the supplements, all the product was coming in most likely from China. Um, also, the, the, the trade show is what draws people from around the world and has everyone clumped together in the exposition room in the halls. I think he wanted to remove that, but by removing that, he was very unclear and it created like confusion in the jiu-jitsu community as well. Um, but from my standpoint, unless we were shut down, why would we stop our event? From a business standpoint, I can, I can name a couple of reasons why we didn't shut down, but then people are just going to criticize me for being greedy or something. One of the reasons for it was we had already collected 100000 in sales for just the jiu-jitsu tournament, and we had like another 15000 I think, for a Gordon Ryan seminar collected. I mean, th that's kind of a lot of money to cancel an event over something that we haven't been canceled for. Right. So we were clearly going to run the event unless we were shut down by the state or the entire Arnold's was shut down. Meanwhile, while the whole while this was happening between the Arnolds and the state, the Arnolds was telling us we were still good, and the state was saying we were still good. So, I just right. didn't understand where the criticism was coming from. I think the next part of the criticism that came from people was they didn't the people that didn't want to compete in the tournament. Some of these people wanted refunds, and since the tournament was still going on, we were issuing coupon codes. Because when was the, that tournament? When was that tournament? What, that was, was March seventh and eighth. So on the seventh, we had like the adults. Um, the absolutes on the eighth, we had the kids, and in the afternoon, we had the Gordon Ryan seminar. Right. Um, none of it was shut down. So basically, the last piece of criticism, which I was saying, is like some people wanted refunds because they said, "Oh, we're not going to compete in this tournament. Uh, it's most likely going to be canceled." And we're like, "It's not canceled. It's still happening." And our policy is like, if you just don't want to participate in a tournament that's still happening, you'll receive a coupon code. You'll still get to compete in any events of ours. Right. But you're just not going to get your money back. But no, not for yeah. this particular event. It's still right. happening. And I mean, right. I, last I checked, your division had like 25 people in it. I mean, it doesn't right. get better than that. So um, that's really the story behind the Arnold's when you when you consider everything involved. Uh, I mean, who, who exactly uh, – real quick, who exactly uh, – you, you say like you're hearing from the Arnold's. Uh, could you give us some more information on who exactly – uh, how exactly you deal with and communicate with the, the Arnolds and the people there? Like, do you have a, a point person or is it just an office that you? So uh, I left Marcos Flores in charge of the Arnolds deal. Uh, I never really wanted to take care of the Arnolds deal. I don't really want to take care of any deal at Grappling Industries any longer. Um, so I kind of let the directors take care of the deals inside of their own country. So Marcos will take care of the Arnolds. Uh, Leo Cordon in in uh, in Europe is the one that was taking care of the Geneva collaboration that we had going on. Uh, Benjamin Hoskinson is the one that's going to take over the Arnolds for next year, which isn't even announced yet. No one knows that, but I'm taking the Arnolds in Australia next year as well. Um, in the States, it's Marcos Flores. So Marcos Flores was going through two guys at uh, the Arnolds, one of them being Bob. Bob is the pretty much the owner of of the Arnold's like it's his event. It has Arnold's name on it, but Arnold only deals with Bob. So Bob was the guy who was giving us the major details or at the end was telling us what was okay. We have someone else there who's like the middleman between us and Bob. But uh, at the end it was pretty much Bob being present to everyone. 
Shout out to Marcos, though. I've known Marcos for years. He's an awesome dude. <laughs> <laughs> Misunderstood guy, but he's good. Yeah, yeah, Marcos is cool, man. I've known him for a long, long time. We, you know, I consider him, me and him are like bad cop, good cop. So yeah. if you don't like me, you'll probably like him. If you, if you don't like him, you'll probably like me. So I, I feel like this applies. Like me and him are completely opposite people. You know, like, yeah, he's uh, very, he's definitely a little rough around the edges. You seem, seem a little more polished. From my understanding, he's everyone's favorite asshole. So yeah, wow, that's definitely that's definitely a good portrayal of him. Kevin is your. If I hope I never meet him then, because Kevin, you're you're out of a job because you're my favorite asshole. Oh, right thank you. I appreciate that. You wouldn't be saying that if I had my beard. I like yeah. meet him. I, like I know. I'm I'm not as scared of you right now. <laughs> Emil, you you have any everyone's least favorite asshole? Ah. <laughs> dangerous place to be uh um, emil you have anything <laughs> i mean so for me it was interesting like the, the, i was getting the information I, was, I had a lot of people reaching out to me because of the fact that they know that i write about you guys just times pretty often um so i had a lot of people ask me questions and basically my attitude was as far as i know the tournament's still happening and my plan was i was gonna wait you know, to decide whether or not I was even going until like the night before because things were just changing so rapidly. I felt like you guys were pretty transparent, but on the same token, I get people panicking because they're hearing about how this coronavirus, you know, is 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 spreading. And at that point, they had even less information than they do now. And one criticism that I heard of you guys, and again, I went to the tournament. I had a great fucking time. So like, I'm not saying anything, but this is something I heard from many people was that they were upset that you guys were not offering the refund as an option, namely because of the fact that there was a reason outside of people's control that was causing them to not want to attend the tournament. Now, the tournament was still happening. You guys don't offer refunds for tournaments that are still happening. I get that policy. Um, one, one thing that I've heard it's it's interesting it's it's almost like a good thing and a bad thing at the same time is that grappling industries has a very rigid almost industrial rules like way that they do things like everything you go into smooth comp you're in smooth comp your day is is very much mapped out you know what time you're up but on the same token i feel like sometimes um it's difficult to deal with that if you have sudden changes like this, but I do think you guys are still better than the IBJJF. So there's that. <laughs> I think so to address that, I think the problem is how people's probably their emails came across. Like, like if you're saying to us, I don't want to come to this tournament because the trade expo is canceled, then that doesn't warrant a refund compared to a coupon code. No one really at first was presenting it as like oh i'm scared of the coronavirus it was re it was really like oh there's no trade expo or the whole thing is canceled because originally it made it sound like the whole thing is canceled the media made it sound like the trade expo being canceled meant the entire arnold's was canceled so that created the first influx of people being like all oh, the event is canceled can i have my money back and then here we are being like, well, you didn't read the entire article. The one I read as well, which was the one that you're pointing to, it said, no, the sporting events can still happen. I can understand the fright of people, but it wasn't the way they were presenting it. 
As of now, people who don't want to participate in the closer events, all those registrations have been extended for refunds. So you can get any event of ours refunded right now. But back then it was like they didn't really say I didn't want to compete in this tournament because I'm scared of coronavirus. You're offering refunds now? What was that last piece? Yeah, so any OR tournaments right now are offering refunds. Like um, we've already okay. – like already like uh, of the 30 events we canceled, we canceled right. 30 events. We postponed right. I think three or four so far. But right. those three or four that we postponed into late July, that means well, all the deadlines are fresh so you can get those refunded as well. That just makes sense because if, if you have the event and the event is still going and the event that told – like not you, the people that are actually running the event tell you no, the event is still go. If you cancel the event now – you're on the hook for whatever results from but, that. Again, it's also like the coupon code isn't anything, right? Like you can have whatever tournament you want. Like one person complained to me a couple of days ago that they had received the coupon code for the Arnold's, but the reason they don't want the coupon code is because they only do that one grappling industries tournament a year. The rest of the year they compete at the IBJJF. And I was like, okay, but that's not really my fault. You can choose any yeah, grappling right. industries tournament yeah, you right. want to compete There's at. There's another one. Yeah, we'll have another one you can go to. Right? Yeah, it's we have another Arnold's if you want to do one the next, next Arnold's. What? Use it at the next Arnold's. They could use it at the next Arnold's if they want. They could use it in Cleveland or Columbus or Michigan or Illinois, whatever they want. It doesn't matter to me. They can go to Europe and use it. But it was this idea that like – for some people, the coupon code is kind of like we're stealing from them. Whereas right. if like you signed up for a tournament, you dropped out of the tournament, we left you with a tournament of your choice now. Oh, and like we're, and, Could you I imagine mean, ever getting a refund from an already pre-existing IBJJF tournament? Jesus Christ. Some they wouldn't would would even give you some the people discount. Say, some people say that IBJJF has given out refunds uh, yeah, for dropouts. Too. But it, it's I've really heard a, unicorns exist too, but I have yet to see definitive look, like, proof of it. The director, the director. Of oh, I, I asked the wrong guy. I know you got one off off screen. <laughs> the director of Grappling Industries Australia was in New York. He, he flew from Melbourne to New York for two weeks. He was going to do grappling. He was going to do uh, IBJJF New York. I think it was a Nogi Pans that year in like September, October, whatever it is. His appendix blew. He he emailed he emailed like IBJJF a week before, and they said no. Like and they left his name in in the tournament, and I've heard about that from a couple of people where the name doesn't even come out of the brackets. The person doesn't get a refund, and they 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 still get called at the tournament on the microphone. Hey, can I get Benjamin Hoskins into a pit? Benjamin Hoskins is not there. He had his appendix blow up. Um, so I, I've I've heard the people say that they've received refunds for one reason or another from my BGGF, but I think again, I there's so many stories I have of people not receiving a refund for anything. Um, so it's hard to it's really hard to say i mean they don't really have a clear policy on it so i have to give myself props that on the front page of each event website page there there is a policy at least. well from uh from a business standpoint man like you, you got to do what you got to do you know you're you're they didn't cancel the event I, I can relate to that i can understand you know there's people that'll say oh you know the the you're not you weren't but at that point there wasn't really much real knowledge of what was going on i don't even think we have addressed it nationally at that point at the set at, at around that time i firmly remember fox news was still saying oh yeah, this is I mean, just people a, were still saying it was a hoax right? a, yeah. a bad flu that'll blow yeah. over everyone the, over the nba had closed i mean i, I, yeah. I know that Jeff daniels was still trying to pull on events so at that time it wasn't really that you know wasn't really 
oh my god, this is the apocalypse coming. It was just kind of like, what, what is this thing? We don't really know what's happening. I don't think that whole apocalyptic feeling still happened for like at least ten more days. Right. Yeah. We have yeah. plans. Like yeah. Because like I remember on the twelfth, March twelfth, I was in the British Museum in London. And that was the first time I got word that Ireland was closing down before everyone else was closing down. Yeah. So I lost the Irish. Luck of the Irish. What? I said luck of the Irish. Luck <laughs> of the Irish. So Dublin closed down like that. And then I remember that afternoon, Boris Johnson in the UK was coming out to give a speech. And many people thought he was going to announce a gathering ban. And contrary to that, he announced that making bans on gatherings was not going to help the... <laughs> stop the spread as much as just basic uh healthy conditions of washing yeah. your hands not touching your <laughs> right so we That's... still got to have our london event two days Jesus later Christ. what's wrong oh. with these people man <laughs> i swear yeah. to god dude. <laughs> but it was interesting because at the arnold's more people dropped out of the arnold's due to coronavirus than any of the events the week after um or even the next day in the netherlands so of the six events that would come after the arnold's uh, none of them had as big drop-offs as the Arnold's. Yeah. And, then, and then after that weekend, so maybe it was, I guess, March 16, March 17, that's when, I, that's, I guess, when shit would start hitting the pan. Because maybe maybe on March 12th or 11th, I think that's when Trump closed uh, the borders to Europe. And it was still kind of like people were kind of confused. Why is Trump closing the borders to Europe and not the U.K.? Um, and then, like yeah. within five or six days, the a week. Sixteenth, the sixteenth, they closed the restaurants here in Tampa, bars and restaurants. I think on the fourteenth or fifteenth, I think was when they closed. It. No, Wednesday of last week is when they closed the bars and restaurants in Tampa on the eighteenth. Well, when I flew, when I flew London to Montreal on the fifteenth, uh, because the rest of Europe is closed off from flying directly to the states now. Basically, my whole flight was filled with Americans. So yeah. the Americans were basically flying to Canada and then bouncing over since our border was still open with you. Right. Um, clearly that's changed now as well because I think I think Canada only has three active airports at the moment going to the States and it's mm -hmm. not going anywhere else. Um, but at the point at that point you could tell like everyone was rushing to the UK to bounce over to Canada to How how long have you been in quarantine for now? Or uh, not quarantine, have you guys I, I guess since that Sunday, I guess since the 15th. So today's like 10 or 11 days. Yes, uh, 10 days. Yeah, 10 days. Uh, my about, my friend Gabby was doing a semester in Spain. And uh, she actually even competed at a London jiu-jitsu tournament while she was over there. And they they pulled the plug on the whole thing uh, right in the middle of it. And so like she chronicled her odyssey and trying to get back uh, to the States through the, the airport system in Spain. And it was nightmarish, you know, like people in full like body suits. No one was saying anything. Yeah. People were running from people that sneezed. Like it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, weird too, because like the moment I got off the ramp in Montreal, like so you get off the plane, you get down that ramp, and then off the ramp, there seems to be a clutter of people, and at the end of the clutter is basically ten officers each one like stopping a person like a meter away from them and asking them questions about symptoms, taking their temperature hmm. and telling them they have to self-isolate and then moving them on. Um, it was just pretty weird. I've never seen that before clearly. Yeah. Emil, how have, have things really cracked down by you too much or, or have you, you, I mean, yeah, like we were, so we have a stay at home order in the state of Ohio, which means that, I mean, it's, it's basically, an unofficial version of what Dave's describing. We're not allowed to leave our houses. We're not allowed to, you know, pretty much we just go to the grocery store, 
go to the pharmacy. And then if you work in a essential field, you can do, you can do that. Are you allowed to go out in your yard? Yeah. You're allowed to go outside. You're allowed to go outside. Right. I'm just curious. Right. You're allowed to go outside for a walk. If you want, you're allowed to go for a bike ride. Yeah. But like, you're not allowed to be congregating. I I don't know. Like if a police officer saw me real close to somebody, they'd say something. Right. (laughs) At the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I go to work in the morning. I come home, hang out with my wife. I have not really trained much because I'm kind of a couch potato when I'm not training. But like, I'm gonna probably start doing a lot of solo stuff, and I'm go- I'm losing my mind here. Honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I've here. done. I've done like. I I try to do like like I have one of those indoor pull up bars. So whenever mm-hmm. like I normally just walk from my room to the kitchen in order to, to make food. And every time I pass under the door, I have to do five. And I think I end up doing like 70 within a day just because of all the walking I have to do. So <laughs> the rest of me will atrophy, but in the coffin, you'll notice that I have huge lats. So like <laughs> overall, this will be a, a net positive for me, even if it means the death of civilization as we know it. Your, your ankle lock game will get a lot better with those good lats. <laughs> I can't, lats. no, I can't, I can't talk about leg lock. I, I was actually, um, I, I did the NJ Fed and I ended up tapping to a, a leg lock, uh, <laughs> and uh, just because everyone in my gym is mean, specifically uh, my friend Ruben. Ruben, I'm calling you out. He has given me uh, like metric tons of shit every day. Like I think he he DM'd me today, like calling me an asshole for tapping to a leg lock one time. What kind of leg lock? Uh, it was it was it was like a Kyoterra foot lock from like Reverse yeah, Daily. Yeah, I hey, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it happened really fast, and it my ankle popped, so I like yelped a bit, and the ref called it. So technically, I didn't tap. It was like a verbal tap. I you, guess you yelped to that. Yelp. Yeah, it happened fast. Yeah. Could, could you recreate was, that yelp for us? Could we hear that again? <laughs> Don't do that. Kevin. I, it was like in the back of my throat. <laughs> no one, no one wants to hear it. It would just it, it, when I'm editing this, it'll look like some weird like monster invasion. <laughs> like, you, you, in the you, audio. It would never, it would never make the end cut if we. This, this, none of this content will be in the cut. <laughs> Ruben's gonna watch this and just see Emil go. You tapped to that, and he's just gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna, pee, gonna pee his pants. There's gonna be a big blue <laughs> dot over Emil's head through this whole interview. Now, oh, man, I don't know what happened, man. Like you, your face just got cut out through the whole thing. <laughs> Oh my god, well, dudes, man! I think uh, I think I'm gonna go back to playing video games, man. Uh, All right, well, I'll I'll wrap things up. I think I got a few more questions for Dave. Uh, Kevin's tapping out early, uh, but he did. I'll, I'll, I'll hang out. I'll hang out for a minute. I'll hang out for a minute. Yeah, uh, Dave, just just like um, God, relive, reliving that traumatic memory kind of messed with my brain a little bit. I gotta I gotta you go know. back in the vault. <laughs> I guess just on on a lighter note. Um, well, actually, I had a, a, a little theory about why some people might be a little hesitant to accept coupons, and it just it it relates to um, uh, everyone here is familiar with the the fire festival, right? I love well, I love the story of the fire festival. It's so. amazing. It's amazing, yeah. and uh, I, I love that. I love that in jujitsu we've had multiple mini fire festivals that <laughs> no one cares about, like Metamorphs just, and stuff. Just, just as an event promoter, I love paying attention to events that collapse themselves. So <laughs> fire festival being like the biggest event to ever collapse 
Um, like I gave it a lot of attention. You just uncorked think, a uncorked a good bottle of wine and watched the flames. That was like that oh, was man. like a that was like a a, a a worldwide economic event when that thing went down. That's how bad. That's how bad that event tanked. It actually like it, it fucked up a lot of shit. <laughs> like markets suffered because of that. <laughs> but I I only say that just because one of their immediate solutions to some of the negative PR was offering people the opportunity instead of a refund you could ride it out and and have tickets for the next fire festival yeah and, so. and while <laughs> i'm i'm not like a lot of people will immediately go to oh you're offering this this promise of something that might not happen because it's safe for you so, yeah so right off the bat like um anytime someone's like well when will i be able to use this coupon the, the fact is grappling industries has such distribution that we're usually within the same region, like four or five times a year. Last year we were the only brand and the first time ever by any brand to produce more jujitsu tournaments than IBJJF in an annual year. And we produced 30 more events than they did. And this year we were trying to produce as many as IBJJF and NAGA combined, except clearly that's not going to happen anymore. But it's it's still possible for next year. Um, you might still already have more events just because they're also canceling their stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like we needed all those months to try to combine those two brands up to have more shows in them. But the point is, like, if we go to like some place, let's say uh, Idaho, and you need you get a coupon code from us, we're gonna be back in that region like three times that year. It might not be in your state, but we'll be in like an hour and a half away somewhere else. Um, there is no fire festival concept here. Like, there, it's not an annual event where it happens once a year, and right. it's really up to you to like hold on. Like, you have lots of opportunities with us. Um, and again, like this is all clearly stated, like on the front page of the website, like three, four paragraphs down. Like, this goes back to something I've said a long time ago. It's like people just don't read anything when they register for tournaments. They, they think, okay, I'll register in my weight class, in my age division, in my belt division, and everything will figure itself out. I mean, you don't even know when the weigh-in time is. A lot of people email about when the weigh-in time is. That's the same. That's the paragraph above the paragraph about the refunds, you know? Right. So it's like nothing is read. You don't know the rules. You don't know when the tournament is. You don't know when the venue is. I have people sometimes um, sending us Instagram messages, direct messages, asking us about what the email is or what the website is to register for our tournaments. I mean, it, it goes to show that like the Google function or the scrolling around a website for two minutes, it, it's not really completely there still with people. Very difficult. I mean, if it happens at our tournament, I, I clearly imagine it happens at everyone's tournament. Man, I, I ref, I've refed, I've actually ref for, uh, for grappling industries once for Marcos and I ref a bunch of tournaments here locally and there's nothing dumber than a, than a, than a fucking, tournament <laughs> like, yeah and, but uh, like you know some just... some people might not be familiar with it as well right like, uh, I get typically it. I get the parents like no, uh, i don't right, know but... the referees don't know the rules though <laughs> we were talking who were we on to when we were talking about all the variant rule i think it was josh where we were talking about yeah. uh, like event promoters not, not like sometimes they just the don't right. inform the refs yeah. properly no, or the it, it, it happens when i have been on events like that beautiful large panel that yeah. has the rules like right. crystal clear. You can see it from across the room. And yet yeah. somehow I've seen, I've now had twice that refs from a specific country, South American country did not oh. understand that certain things were legal that were legal. And I got yelled at for it. 
Man, man. It's not so your fault. It's not your fault. I've, I've used the argument that like, <laughs> I, I think I've I've written essays on this subject. To be honest, that refereeing in jujitsu just sucks generally. Oh right. yeah, and, and like to say, and I don't even think this is something you can use against one tournament. Like I don't like to complain against IBJJF that they have shittier refs than we do. And then other people are going to say, oh, no, you guys have shittier refs than they do, or, oh, they're the gold standard. Or We're all using the same referees, guys. I yeah. mean, we all use the same referees, and we all use the people that are available to referee. Um, it's also much different to referee a match, clearly, as I'm probably sure Gallagher will tell you, than actually watching it. Um, you only get to watch it once. You get the phase-out thing going on after a couple of matches or a couple of hours. That's, that's, a very, sorry, that's a very good point. Dave, because that's one of the things that I always say when I'm refing matches is that one of the hardest parts of being a referee is getting to the point where you're like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. This is such a good match. You're like, oh, fuck, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're not there as a spectator. You Man. are there to watch the match skeptically and to understand what's happening when and where. That's why ref decisions are so hard because at the end of the day, when you're standing up there, you have to think back and go, Jesus Christ, like neither one of these guys really did a whole lot. And I really wasn't watching too much. So I'm just going to put somebody's hand up and there you go. Sorry. I would, I would love it if next, next time you're refing, you see some crazy move and you just go, Oh, that was so sick. And some guy, some coach goes, is that it? Was that legal? And you're just like, I, I don't know, but it was. Did you see it? It was so sick, dude. <laughs> but like, one of my favorite moments was uh, refereeing um, our mutual friend Bradley, Kevin Bradley. Um, oh, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Hacken. Hacken. Shout out Joe to Hacken Joe. Shout out to Tall Hacken over at uh, Buffalo too. United Martial Arts. So Joe Hacken was going up against one of my main training partners, and Hacken starts the match out and goes right to Burt Reynolds' guard. And I see it, and I'm like, that's not going to go well for you, buddy. Because this guy, like, this guy has been dealing with this shit since he was a white belt. Because he's, you know, he's been watching, he's been having me do it to him since he was a white belt. I was watching it. You see in the video me just giggling the entire match. Hmm. I, mean, I scored it. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> All right. Now, now I think, now I think I'm done. Kev, All uh, right. you want to you give All us, right. get everybody a freaking. Uh... Uh, well, yeah. Any uh, uh, guys? Else? Any um, any closing words uh, for for the greater jujitsu community, or just uh, stuff you got going? I mean, Dave, I know you're probably going to be stuck at home. Uh, well, so how about, how about this? How about we all go around and say one thing positive about what could come of this, and things that can that we can look forward to in the future. Uh, the turnpike isn't as crowded. Next. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think that we can we can talk about how life can move on and how uh, how maybe when when we get done with this, you know, we'll have to. Well, I think I, I think we talk about what we possibly have going going on in the future. Just think about positive things right. in the future, you know. So, uh, Dave, any anything Dave. at all well, uh, in I, specifics? Well, I've been on a lot of podcasts this week, and I still have a lot more to yeah. go on. But I, I, I keep trying to finish on the same point that, like, uh, being involved in the in the stock market and just seeing the way things are going right now. Um, I know the feeling of like when your company takes massive hits. Like it happened to me like four years ago when I was expanding to the West Coast and I had my trailer stolen. I wasn't in the same position I am now, so back then was super rough. Like I was on the cusp of like bankruptcy, and then. We managed to get through it and now we're here like at a completely different level that's not imaginable i could imagine like being at that position back then 
in the current times and how it would be so much different now. Um, I know that creates the number one reason for usually suicides, um, economic, like just collapse, um, people losing their businesses, just absolute depression during this type of moment. So if there's anything I would say, it's like with all these gym owners out there saying, uh, you know, keep paying for your membership and stuff like this. You should also act like the mentors that you act like you, you supposedly act that you're supposed to be. Um, you should be able to take your students phone calls or you should be able to call your students and make sure they're OK. This is a good chance for us all to actually call our friends, call our family, making sure people are all right. And also for those of you that don't want to answer such phone calls, there's a lot of great hotlines that can actually take your emotional distress phone calls or your suicide uh, tips calls. Um, that's that's where I would end it on is just like I don't really want to see that number jump. I've had like a suicide in my direct family that we had to face. Um, and it, it's it's fucking shit to deal with. Um, so if there's anything I would finish on, it's like uh, make sure your buddies are fine. Yeah, be 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 good to one another, guys. Emil, you got yeah. anything? It, it's not as happy a note as a uh, Gallagher one. No, 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 hey, no, 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 but no, but I don't I don't mean it to be. That's I I I, I, I don't mean happy. I mean like positive because that's something that we we definitely need. We need someone to be like, hey, you know, look after your fellow guys because we definitely have like realism is what we're looking for, like a po- yeah, positivity, that, but like a realistic understanding of well, some bad things thing. are coming. Last year, suicide uh, came up into the top 10 reasons for death last year in the United States. And this year, it's assumed to be rising to number nine on the list. Um, it's very potentially could also reach number eight at this rate. So, um, like, I don't really like quoting your president that much, but he, he did say, like, the the cure could be worse than the problem itself. But when I think about that, I think about the number of suicides, especially with the way the stock market is going, the number of layoffs, the pe- number of people who are actually getting fired, not just laid off at the current moment. Um, and the number of businesses that will crash, like I was saying before, one in five gyms, possibly one in four gyms are not going to open. There's going to be a lot of bars and restaurants that don't reopen in other locations or other restaurants and bars will replace them. But for people who who invested everything they had in that, especially when they have a family and they're not going to be able to provide for that, uh, I can see, I can understand the depression that they're going to have and the, the low points that they'll reach. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, Emil, you got any any words for your fellow athletes and and just uh, uh, other other pros out there that are kind of dealing with the same things you are? <laughs> I can't wait to get back, man. I can't wait to uh, can't wait for to get back on the mats. I just that's thinking about that's what's keeping me going. <laughs> like it's like I'm losing my fucking mind here, but the reality is that this is temporary. Everything is temporary. True. Right. I, I said this on the uh, the I think I said I said this in on ending one of my more recent articles, and I think I might have said it last week when we had uh, Chris on on the, in the staying sane emergency episode that we needed to do in order to keep our our noggins on straight. Uh, but we we will live to we're all going to live to do this again. That's how we got to go into this. You know, we are, we're all going to live to to choke each other out again to to do scissor sweeps uh develop our guard game and yes even if you're me tap to foot locks that you shouldn't tap to i just also like i found the first text that ruben sent me right after the tournament like it was a few days later and it was just uh you disgust me so that's the that's the positive it's not positive but yeah 
it's you're gonna have like those people are gonna be there for you. You know, your gym, your buddies, like Dave said, reach out to them. You know, just because you're not not just because you're uh, not training together doesn't mean you can't uh, make sure everyone's doing all right. So you know, those training buddies that you might not talk to outside the gym, reach out to them, see that they're doing okay. Uh, yeah, just basically a lot of good stuff. Kev, you know, you got anything? Or are you ready to go? Yeah, man, I. Uh... I just wanted to reiterate a little what what Dave said. I, I I liked the thing you were talking about when you said a lot of these gym owners that that pretend that 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 act like they're the mentors of their gyms need to continue to be those mentors outside of the gym and and, and check in with the people. Check in because all of us know that jujitsu is about more than just. Uh, learning how to jujitsu it's about molding someone's character and watching them overcome obstacles and get better at, at life and learn how to deal with things and a, a part of that as an instructor is becoming a part of that person's journey in that regard so we we learn our 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 our, 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 our students ways so you know be cool man reach out to them make sure they're okay check in with them be that be that person that mentor figure that, that helps them through this dark place and use jujitsu for the for the greater good because just like Emil said, we're all going to get through this and we're all going to have to uh, have something to come back to when it's done. So anyway. All right. Well, this has been a really enlightening and in a way uplifting episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I have been Kevin Bradley joined by my co-host, uh, Kevin Gallagher, guests Emil Fisher and Dave Aguzzi. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Boom. See you guys.